You're listening to the Epic Living Podcast with Jim Simcoe. I'm Jim Simcoe, and I'm here to help you make your life epic. So let's get rolling. Hey, this is Jim. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. I am podcasting very, very early in the morning here in Bend, Oregon. Everyone else in the house is asleep. So I drove to a random parking lot by the river. It's gorgeous here. It's a bunch of palm trees, palm trees, pine trees everywhere. So it's really pretty. Um, and I'm park, I'm podcasting in an empty parking lot. So I will keep recording until, until somebody comes by and says, Hey man, get the hell out of here, which hopefully won't happen. But anyway, so here's something interesting about Ben too. It's like, it never gets dark at this place. The light was out until like nine 30 last night. And I want to say the sun came up around quarter to six this morning. So pretty cool place. I miss my San Diego. I miss the ocean. I miss surfing, but, but it's great to see friends and it's great to be up here and I'll be back in San Diego in about a week. So, and also apologies for not being able to record a podcast in the last uh, few weeks or so, but, uh, I'm back at it now. So you will have more pad, more podcasts coming. So this topic today is all about fear. Um, because as I alluded to in a couple of videos that I posted recently, I have always really been afraid of going to altitude. Um, because, uh, about eight years ago, I went to Denver with my wife and my, uh, and my oldest daughter and I got really sick and, you know, every, you know, everyone said it was because of the altitude. So I was really sick. And then we went to New Mexico, went to Taos, went to Santa Fe. And each time, each time I went above, uh, you know, 4,000 feet, I got super, super sick. And on this trip, I knew I was coming to bend and I knew bend was at 3,600 feet above sea level. So I was definitely worried about it, but I was more concerned about going over the mountains from where we started in uh, a different place in Oregon and, you know, going up, you know, almost at 6,000 feet, having to go over those mountains and seeing how I would do. And, and the long and short of it is I ended up doing fine and ended up, you know, feeling fine. I finally feel fine now after a couple of days of being in Bend, but I realized just really how damaging and how much, you know, how, sh- how just horrible fear is in our lives and how much headspace it takes takes up in our brains. And I, and I just saw myself and like, God, you know, how, you know, how much time and worry and research that I spend worrying about altitude and worrying about, you know, you know, what was going to happen if I went to altitude. Now, most, most of you listening are probably thinking like, dude, 3,600 feet is not altitude. Like altitude is like 10,000 feet. Well, you know, so I could tell you you what my response is like, yeah, I totally agree. And, and, you know, this is just a fear that I had. And I'm not saying it made a lot of sense, uh, I'm just saying I had it. And I would think that a lot of the fears that we all have, you know, don't necessarily make a lot of sense, but we still have them and they, you know, they deserve our respect, but they also de- deserve to be pushed, you know, pushed right out of our brains. So anyway, so this podcast is all like a, all about saying F fear, you know, screw you. I'm not going to buy into fear. Uh, I'm going to buy into it as little as possible. So I've got a couple things that I've done in the last few weeks and then also what I did um, as I got into altitude and some of the tools that I use. So I'm going to get right into it. So the first step in just saying fuck fear is to keep it in context, right? So in the overall scheme of life, like as I'm going through the mountains and freaking out and worrying about everything, the context of that is, is that like, I probably wasn't going to die. Like I wasn't going to just keel over and die just because I was at 5,000 feet. Maybe I'd get a little queasy Maybe I'd get dizzy. Maybe I'd have to have make, make my wife drive the rest of the way, but, but I probably wasn't going to die. So the context of it was, is, is that 
while my fears were really, 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 really strong, you know, the outcome, the possible result wasn't really going to be horribly life-changingly bad. It wasn't like I was going to get paralyzed if I was at 6,000 feet, or I don't think so. So first step is to keep your fear in context, whatever your fear, whatever your fear is. Second step is to also realize that most fears never actually come true. So I'm sure that, you know, you've got instances in your life where you were really fearful of something and you worried about it and you're obsessed about it for a long time and it just didn't come true. I know it's happened to me a bunch of times. I know that, you know, especially having been in the real estate world for a long time, always raising money and always trying to put deals together. I've had all kinds of fears about like, well, what if, what if this property never sells? What if I never get another investor? What if I don't, what if I'm not able to raise the money? Blah, 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 blah. And most of those fears don't come true. Most of the fears that we have, you know, I would say for in my own personal life, and you'd have to look at it in your personal life, for every hundred fears that you have, uh, maybe three of them end up coming true. And, and usually they come true in a way that is different than what you think and you're able to manage it. So realize that most fears don't come, come, come true at all. The third step is to, don't, is to not make any decisions when you're fear, feeling fearful. And I learned this a long time ago from somebody and they use the, the analogy of, you know, if you are, if your regular life is kind of like, you know, you're at sort of a level playing field. And then when you're in fear, you're in this deep, deep valley way below your playing field. And that's when you're, you know, sort of, uh, just feeling fear, you know, you shouldn't make decisions down there because you're not thinking correctly. So, you know, when you're just over, Whelmed by fear, that is not the time to make a decision about anything. That is a time to get out of that feeling, but don't make any decisions when you're in fear. Always make decisions when you're in, you know, when you're sort of cool, calm, and collected. That that I found is one of the best lessons I've ever learned about fear because I used to make decisions in fear, and they were always the wrong decision, and they were always, um, you know, the wrong circumstance. As an example, say you're in fear on a real estate deal, and and you're like, oh God, I can't raise any money for this. You know, I should just sell it at a, you know, at a discount, even if I'm not, even if I'm going to lose money. Well, that's the wrong decision, right? Like the decision, the best decision would be like, is to really take a look at the market and say like, okay, maybe I'm not selling it now, but am I going to sell it in 90 days? What else is happening that's causing me not to sell this? And you might realize that, you know, there are other factors involved and that are, that are temporary and they're going to pass. Right. And then so that you end up selling properties when, when you need to sell the property. So that's just an example from the real estate world. So don't make any decision uh, based on fear when you're feeling fearful. Now, the fourth step is to realize everyone has fears. So enjoy the company, right? So this is one that I think is, is kind of interesting and it's, it's a bit morbid in some ways, but I think it's interesting to think that like, you know, when you're in line at, a, at the coffee place, getting your skinny two pump latte, whatever, whatever, personally, mine is a shot of espresso with a little bit of coconut milk and, uh, and regular foam. So it's, you know, don't feel bad if you, if you have a drink that's even more high maintenance than mine, but anyway, just realize that most everyone else has fears too, right? So if you're in line at a coffee place and there's 10 people in line with you, probably nine of them are going through something right now where they're feeling fearful about something, whether it's career, love, relationships, you know, money, whatever it is, they're probably feeling some level of fear. So you're not alone. Okay. Everyone, everyone has fears. You are not the weird person out there. Um, you, to some extent, you'd be the weird person if you never had any fears, right? I mean, you'd be the, you sort of be the strange one then. So don't worry about that. Realize that everyone else 
has fears. Now, some steps for you to take when you are in fear. So the first one I think is really key is to make a decision, right? So when you are in fear, allow yourself, um, there's kind of three subsepsis, right? So when you are in, you know, when you're overwhelmed by fear, you need to allow yourself to wallow in the fear for a little bit. So just sit in the fear for a little bit. Now, for some people that might be a couple of minutes, some people that might be a couple of days, some people might be a couple of hours. Um, for me, I don't like to let it go longer than an hour. Uh, cause I feel like I'm not getting anything done at that point. So, but allow yourself to sit in that fear for a little bit. The second thing, uh, you know, the second part of that, or, uh, the B part of that for lack of better ways if, to say it, if, if A is wall in the fear, then B is to do something to take your mind off of it. So if you're in that fear for a little bit, do something, do anything to take your mind off of it. Okay. So go for a walk, eat a sandwich. Help your kids with something, play a game, read a book, watch a movie, whatever it is. Don't just sit there staring at the wall, obsessing about your fear. Don't do that. And then the second, and then the third, third step in there is to make a decision to move forward anyway. Okay. So you're, you're wallowing in your fear. Then you decide to do some action outside of it you know, just to get your, get, you know, try and get your mind off it a little bit, but then also make a decision that like, look, even though I'm in fear, I'm going to move forward anyway. And so like how this manifested itself for me was the other day when we were leaving cave junction and I knew we were driving a band and I knew we were going over all these mountains and I was obsessing about the route and, you know, asking every person at this, at this resort, you know, should we go this way? Should we go through these passes? Should we go through this? I, I was wallowing in the fear some of the things I was doing to take my mind off, it was just packing up all of our stuff. But then at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, I just made a decision to move forward anyway. And I was like, you know what? It kind of doesn't matter what route we go. Um, I'm going to figure out the quickest route possible. Um, is, is, you know, it was something I had to do and it was a choice I had to make. I had to make the choice of like, look, I'm moving forward anyway, no matter what happens, I'm just going to move forward. So that was, that was something that was big. So another thing is like when I, when I was in the fear, um, or when you're, when you are in the fear, figure out a way for you to meditate in your own way. Now, what I mean by this is I think meditation, you know, when people think of meditation, they think of someone sitting cross-legged in, you know, uh, you know, some yoga, you know, in in yoga garb, you know, in, in yoga clothes, in a quiet room with birds chirping outside and candles lit and some kirtan music playing which is all well and good. You can do that. Fantastic. But I think that meditation takes many other forms. And I think one of the forms it takes is not just being able to meditate and clear your brain, but I also think you're able to clear your brain and meditate in action. And when you're doing something, I can tell you from my own personal life, when I'm surfing, it's incredibly meditative because all I'm thinking about is the water. And I'm thinking about how the swell moves, how the water moves, you know, where am I on the board? You know, where am I in the ocean compared to everyone else? Um, am I lined up right? Uh, you know, what wave am I choosing? So everything is, is focused on that moment. And it's not, I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about what happened five seconds ago. I'm not thinking about, you know, the, uh, the wave after this one, I'm thinking about this wave and only this wave. So that's my, what's one way for me to meditate is to get in the water. Some people might be doing yoga or maybe it's playing games. Maybe it's playing basketball. Um, 
Maybe it's playing soccer. Uh, for some people, you know, you might love your way to meditate is to take a walk and clear your brain. But whatever you can do to clear your brain, do it. So meditate in your own way. Um, you know, figure out what that is. We all have those those activities that when we do them, we're fully in the moment. I remember that my grandmother, you know, who passed away several years ago, she used to cook and, and she also used to knit. And when she was knitting or when she was cooking, man, good luck talking to her because she was fully engaged in what she was doing. She was fully engaged in the present moment. She was not able to communicate at all. So find your thing, whatever your thing is, meditate, you know, just figure out a way for you to meditate in your own way. And then when you're in fear, try and get into that place where you're meditating. Um, so that's one way, to, one way to get out of, get out of here. And, and again, I'm going to give you a list of things. Some of these will work. Some of them won't work. Just kind of depends on your situation. I'm just telling you what's worked for me. <clears throat> the next one is really interesting. I find this one interesting and that is to eat your way out of fear. Okay. So this is probably not something you've ever heard from anybody else before, but I'm going to throw it out there. When I'm deep in fear, I realize that fear is not just in my head, but it's a chemical, um, imbalance in my brain or chemical balance in my body. So I try to eat my way out of, out of fears. So what, one thing I'll do is I have a lot of protein. So if I am fe feeling fearful, uh, for any reason, I'll have a handful of almonds. I'll also drink a ton of water. So I will drink a ton of water because a lot of times just getting hydrated is something that will help you, um, get out of fear because you're, you know, you're, you know, a lot of times when you're not thinking correctly, it's a lot of times it's because you're dehydrated. So I'll drink, I'll drink a ton of water. I'll eat a lot of protein. Uh, the other thing is I'll avoid carbohydrates. Um, I just will do that because I'll just like, you know, load up on protein. And for me, protein usually is like nuts or cheese. I'm a vegetarian. I mean, I eat fish, but you know, depending on where it is, if, if I'm overcome by fear in my car, I'm not exactly going to be able to whip up a fish taco while I'm sitting in my car on the freeway. So I'll have, I'll have a handful of almonds or I'll have cheese or, or something like that. I drink a ton of water, uh, tell you, tell you to avoid carbs. And then probably the biggest thing is to avoid sugar. So sugar, um, and, and believe me, you are listening to a complete sugar addict. Okay. Um, I would happily walk the streets and, and sell my body for a thing at Toblerone if I had to, if I, if I let my sugar cravings get that far, which is, which is not good probably. Uh, but anyway, sugar is a big, uh, inflammatory or, it, you know, it causes inflammation in the body. So it could be really, really bad for you. And I know that when I, you know, when I'm eating sugar, my mood swings are all over the place. I'm like a, you know, a teenage boy or, you know, 13 year old girl. Um, they're just all over the place. So when you're in fear, the last thing you want to do is, is add any inflammation to your body or add any, you know, anything that's going to add mood swings to your body. So avoid sugar. So I avoid sugar. I avoid carbs. I have a ton of water and I have protein. It might sound sort of simple, but I, I'll tell you what, you know, I've had moments where I've been in fear and just kind of did those four things and <clears throat> I got out of it really fast. And I just realized, you know what, that really wasn't, uh, you know, that fear was more of a chemical imbalance in my body. It wasn't really anything that was uh, super important that was, uh, you know, he's going to be here a long time. So that's one, one thing, uh, one thing I do. Another thing that some people do that I've done and, and, um, has worked is to take what I call smart herbal drugs. So there's a product by Dr. Bach called rescue remedy. 
that I've taken. It's just basically a flower essence. So it's basically like, um, it's like comes in a little dropper. You can get it at Whole Foods. You take that, or I take um, uh, Mimolus, which is another flower essence, which is very similar to Dr. Bach's flower essence. Or I take something called Calm, which is like this magnesium sulfate stuff that you mix in water and you drink that. So, you know, these are all things that are good for you. They kind of regulate your body, kind of get you, kind of like snap you back into the moment. Uh, Rescue Remedy has done wonders for me. I've taken it, you know, a variety of times and, and, and has done wonders for me. And I would suggest you try it. They're all, you know, they're all natural. There, there's nothing that's going to hurt you. Nothing's going to, uh, affect you long-term. So this is definitely something that, uh, you try. So smart, you know, smart drug yourself. Another big thing to do, which this is probably one of the best things that, um, I've been able to do. And, and I would suggest that you do it is really be conscious of your breathing and really focus on your breathing. So take, you know, take some really deep breaths and take some really slow breaths. And what and, and you, know, you can read books and books and books about this and find tons of stuff on it online. So I won't belabor it because I think that, I won't belabor the point because I think that, you know, however you choose to do it is, is going to be the right way for you. But uh, really, really deep breath. So, you know, a really, really long breath, a really, really slow breath and really let it go slowly. What you'll find when that happens is, is that it's really hard to stay in fear and to stay in panic because a lot of times fear and panic go together. It's really hard to do that when you're taking these deep breaths. Um, your body just doesn't allow you. Like it, it's kind of like, you know, if you're leaning with all of your weight on one foot forward, it's really difficult to fall backwards. And that's kind of how I feel about breathing. It's like you just get yourself in alignment like that. And, and, by taking deep breaths and by taking slow breaths, kind of regulate you, kind of get you back into your body. Because um, I feel like with fear, we go from being in our bodies to just like freaking out and, and, and we're all somewhere out of our bodies and just in our heads and that's it. And really deep, slow breathing really helps you get back into your body and helps you get control of your emotions. So that's something that, that I recommend. And I, and I got to tell you, <clears throat> going over that, you know, those mountain passes the other day, that's all I was doing was I was kind of in my happy place thinking about surfing. Um, and I was also taking really deep breaths and I would like go. And I would really exaggerate it. Um, and it, and it really worked. It really, really worked. So breathing is a big thing. Um, the, the other thing is to, is to, when you're in fear and when you're in panic is to kickstart your thinking brain. So there's, to me, there's like the panic brain, and then there's the, and then there's the, uh, you know, there's a panic and the, and the fear brain. And then there's the thinking brain, right? It's kind of like that old adage when someone like, um, little kid, you know, this Indian, uh, folktale, uh, little, uh, uh, brave went up to his, went up to his grandfather and he said, you know, what is, you know, what is life all, what is life all about? And his grandfather said, well, you've got two wolves inside you. You've got the calm, courageous wolf. And then you have the fearful, panicked wolf who's always afraid. And so the little boy says to his grandfather, he says, well, which one is stronger? And the grandfather says, whichever one you feed. So I thought I, that always stayed with me. I love that story. 
I'm, I know I'm butchering it right now, but, but I do love that story because it's really true. It's kind of like, if you think of yourself with like, you've got two internal wolves, well, feed the strong one, feed the thinking one, feed the courageous one. You know, the one that's in, you know, in fear, um, and panicking, don't feed that one. So the idea here is to kickstart your thinking brain to thinking brain to dilute the emotion and automatically try and make yourself calmer. So the way to do this is to really throw a number at it. So to think to yourself like, okay, on a scale of one, ten, one to 10, how fearful am I right now? Because this alone, this math computation or this math problem will act, studies have actually shown that like when you do uh, like math or have to problem solve when you're in the middle of fear and it's something sort of, um, uh, you know, different than what you're thinking about, that alone can snap you back into, into your true reality. So this alone will calm you down because you'll have to think about what number you're at. And as you're thinking about what number you're at, you're actually calming yourself down. So if you're fear and panicking uh, or feeling fearful and panicking, you know, and all of a sudden someone says like, okay, what's 20 divided by five? Well, immediately you go from fear to panicking to having to figure out what that number is, right? So it kind of snaps you out of it. So that's something I've used before. And, and that's, and that's really good. Like it really works pretty well. So I really recommend that. And then one of the other things is to, is to get moving. Okay. So do some movement, move your body. Um, uh, Dale Carnegie once said, inaction breeds doubt, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Now, this can manifest itself in several ways. It means maybe you're getting busy at work. Maybe you're just going out and going for a run. Um, I know that um, when I have felt fearful and, and or had panic attacks uh, and I've worked out kind of right as I'm having them, I feel much better afterwards. Um, nothing cures fear for me like a 10-mile run or going to CrossFit for an hour because you're just you know, you're using your body and you're pushing yourself and it just, you just don't, you can't hold both. You can't hold the energy and the commitment to working out and hold the fear. And usually the fear is, is something that's going to, uh, going to leave faster. Think of it this way. Like if you're really fearful and you're going for a run and you're really going fast and you're pushing yourself, well, you can't focus on your run and pushing yourself and also keep that fear uh, with you at the same time. It's just really difficult to do. So get moving. I really recommend that. Get moving. Um, uh, another thing is, uh, I've got two more of these. And the next one is kind of comes from a place of love. And that's really is to accept the fear. Okay. Don't run from it. Accept it. Realize that you have it. Realize that you're going to work through it, but accept it for what it is. And it's just like, you know, it's just this part of you and you're not a perfect person. Neither am I. And we're going to have these fears and they're going to come and they're going to go. So just accept it and don't run from it. Um, and the last thing is, is, you know, when you're, when you're able to, is to really face your fears, you know, when you're face, when you're able to face your fears, you know, you, you know, using any of these steps, you're going to gain strength. You're going to gain courage and you're going to gain confidence when you do. I, I can tell you just going over the mountains, I'm so much more confident right now because I went above 5,000 feet. You know, and I didn't die, you know, and I'm staying in Bend, Oregon, which is at 3,600 feet. I never would have thought I could do this, right? I'm supposed to feel so much more confident right now. God forbid anybody come up to me on the street today and say, hey, you want to play basketball for money? I'll lose everything because as confident as I feel right now, I feel like I could beat anybody, you know? So, so just realize that when you're able to face your fears, that you're able to gain 
strength, gain courage and confidence um, uh, uh, when you do it. So, and these are all the different methods. So I, I hope this has been helpful for you. Um, I know that fear is not something that people like to talk about. People, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, most people are uncomfortable talking about. God knows I am. And no one really wants to admit that they have fears. We all want to walk around, pretend like we're perfect people. But I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not perfect. I have tons of fears. Most of them are ridiculous. Um, but, you know, but I think that having some steps to deal with fear is so important. And I'm so uh, grateful the experience of being able to go over the mountains um, and dealing with my, with my fear of that and being able to be successful and get to the other side. And I hope this is helpful for you. Um, I'll put all these steps in the show notes for you. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. And, and just keep in mind, man, like, look, if you've got fears and you think that they're, you know, silly fears or super important fears, uh, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, and if you've got fear in your life, I'm with you, man. And, and, and I, I feel for you and I want you to know you're not alone. Okay. You're just not alone. Almost everyone, you know, has fears. Almost everyone, you know, has fears that are, you know, that, you know, from the outside might look silly. That's not the point. It's like, we all have them. And so you're not alone and, you know, we'll work through them together. So thank you for listening. I hope this has been helpful and I'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you want more information, check out my website at jimsimco.com, J-I-M. S-I-M as in Mary, C-O-E dot com for more updates and some free guides to help you make your life epic. With that said, I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks.